Welcome back to Rooted. So last week we started our new series on conflict resolution called Fight Club. And our first episode was, Oh You Mad? Part one. In that episode, we talked about three questions that we must ask if we're gonna learn how to resolve potential offenses that can lead to conflict. All three questions are posted on my Instagram at Shania underscore Lambert if you're like me and you're more of a visual person. But the first question that we said that we have to ask ourselves is this, is the thought, statement, accusation true or is there a reasonable alternative thought? Now we really dug into this in part one and what this question really gets us to do is to confront ourselves first. What are some of the narratives that we've been telling ourselves and is there a possible implausible alternative? The second question that we have to ask ourselves is, was this an isolated incident or is this indicative of a pattern of behavior? Has this been going on for a while? Now, we talked about how whether it's isolated or it's a pattern, both are worthy of acknowledgement and addressing, but the urgency in which we do it may depend on how big of an incident it was and whether it's something that we think we can resolve through a conversation or it's going to require some more tools. And then last, the third question that we have to ask ourselves, and one we're going to focus on tonight is, have I expressed my expectations and set clear and enforceable boundaries? Have I expressed my expectations and set clear and enforceable boundaries? If we desire to create and cultivate relationships that can handle conflict well, these are questions that we must ask ourselves. And when it comes to setting boundaries, there is a right and wrong way to do it. And only one of those gets us the results that we're after in our relationships. So let's talk about it more tonight on Oh You Mad? How to Handle Offense Part 2. Hey friend, one thing that I have learned while making boundary setting a priority in my personal relationships is that different people play different roles in your life. Why is this an important revelation? (laughs) Because while you may have some boundaries that are general and apply to everyone, you will most definitely also have to establish and enforce specific boundaries within specific relationships. Now, boundary setting is not something to be fearful or boastful about. I think I see both. But boundary setting is a tool. It is a tool that we can use in our relationships with ourselves and others to make sure that we're not being lured into toxic or harmful behaviors, mindsets, or patterns. We can and we need to set boundaries with ourselves just as much as we do with others and to know when, where, how, and why to do that is going to require emotional intelligence. In this series, I'll devote an entire episode, I promise, to defining emotional awareness and intelligence and sharing tips on how we can master each area or component of emotional intelligence, including self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relational management. But for now, it's important for us to understand that different people will play different roles and as a result, will deposit different value. Everyone has value. 
everyone has value, but not everyone has the same value for you. This is not a judgment on you or them. This does not mean that they are not good people. They just may or may not be the right people for you to be in relationship with or, or sometimes you're called to be in relationship with them, but because you realize and recognize the tendencies of one or both of you to either initiate or allow behaviors that don't serve you well, you understand that boundaries need to be established. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Boundary setting does not have to be something we do out of anger or a knee-jerk reaction to being offended. It can be a practice and a process that we employ across the board in all types of relationships to ensure that we are operating to the extent that it is up to us from a place of peace. Now, Romans 12, 18 says, if it be possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This verse in its simplicity really is the heart of what we're talking about when it comes to setting boundaries and relationships. First, the verse says, if it be possible. Well, this implies that there are going to be times where you living at peace with people may not be possible. Let that just sink in for a second. There will be times where you living at peace with people may not be possible. Now, while ideally in all relationships, whether these are chosen relationships or the result of forks proximity, meaning we didn't have a choice like family, workplace environments, et cetera. While ideally all of our relationships would be peaceful, we know that in reality, that's not always the case. So this is not an excuse though to categorize people and every relationship that may be challenging as a throwaway. As humans, we like to take things to extreme and always in a way that suits our preferences at the time, right? Let me give you an example. So let's just say it's someone at work that we don't like and that we would rather not engage with. We'll use this scripture and say, <laughs> Romans twelve eighteen says, if it be possible, and it is not possible, right? I have tried. I cannot deal with her, right? But let it be someone that we call ourselves liking who God has already revealed is a walking red flag. And we will use that same scripture to support our preference to stay in relationship with them. It'll say like, well, that verse says that I'm called to leave at peace with everyone. So I just know that the Lord is going to work this relationship out. I know because I love him. I love him. <laughs> Did that make you mad? I know it's a little bit true though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we will justify the behaviors that we think are serving us at the time. We will be quick to leave relationships that are challenging because we're not really interested in engaging with them anyway. And we will justify staying in relationships that are toxic and harmful because we've told ourselves that we derive some kind of benefit from it. We've associated that relationship with some type of value or status that in reality does not exist. So no, peace will not be an option in every relationship that we engage in because relationships involve more than one person. So that means that both people would have to be intentional about choosing peace within the confines of that relationship for peace to exist within the confines of that relationship. However, this does not mean that just because the other person doesn't choose peace that you can't have internal and unilateral peace, meaning a peace that exists consistently for yourself even if the other person chooses otherwise. How do we do that? Well, we do that through establishing boundaries because your boundaries create a safe place and a peaceful place for you to reside. 
And if the boundaries cannot sustain a consistent place of peace for you, whether it's because they're continually being violated or ignored, then you can still have peace by resolving that this is a relationship that cannot continue. And despite you uh, expressing forgiveness, you can also be okay with separation. Not every resolution is going to result in reconciliation. But that's for another episode. So just write that one down for now. Not every resolution will result in reconciliation. So let's keep talking about boundaries. So the first part of that scripture, right, tells us that peace may or may not be possible in every situation. But one of the factors that determines that is personal accountability. The second part of that verse says, as far as it depends on you. Now, this is going to require self-awareness. What are you doing or not doing to contribute to the possibility of peace in your relationships? What are you doing or not doing to contribute to the possibility of peace in your relationships? Are you setting boundaries? Are you expressing your expectations? Are you willing to have those sometimes uncomfortable conversations that can lead to clarity and improved communication? Are you willing to confront behaviors that don't align with your core values? And I mean confront those behaviors within yourself and others, but starting with yourself. It's really hard to express expectations that you have for other people that we are not fulfilling ourselves first. It can be hard to establish and enforce boundaries with others that we cross every day ourselves, right? So it starts with self. We have to start with self. And the last part of that verse says to live at peace with everyone. Did you know that you can live at peace with people and not be friends? That it's absolutely okay if everyone doesn't like you and vice versa. That we can categorize and recategorize people that serve us differently in different different seasons, right? There are four main categories of relationships that we're going to encounter. Your friends, your associates, assignments, and then kind of a mentor-mentee situation. Someone in your life could have operated in a position of a friend for decades, but because we all change, we all should be growing and evolving, including what is important to us, what we want to prioritize, what we want to invest in. Those same people who still possess value may no longer deposit the same value into you. What it is that they have to offer now no longer aligns with the person that you're becoming and what you desire to prioritize. That's okay. It does not mean they are a bad person or that you are a bad person for having a different need than what they can supply. But it does mean that we have to be willing to assess our relationships to see where they stand. Does this person need to be shifted or realigned from friend to associate? Is this person more of an assignment, meaning it's going to be a one-sided relationship where the expectation of reciprocity, meaning that I'm going to get back at the same level that I'm putting in, is non-existent? And yes, those kinds of relationships exist. And I know you may be thinking, Shania, isn't it harmful? Isn't it toxic for me to be in a one-sided relationship? And I would say, well, it depends. What are your expectations for this relationship? Have they been expressed? Has there been any indication ever that this person was able to meet you where you are in this relationship and live up to those expectations? Or was that just your preference? And then to go further, I would say that there are some people 
that you have been assigned to that do not have the obligation or responsibility to pour back into you the same way that you pour into them. The clearest example that I could give you, for example, would be people that I coach. I'm assigned to those people. I have something that they need and I desire to deposit value into them. I don't go into these relationships expecting reciprocity. I don't expect that they coach me and pour into me in the same way in return. I express expectations of respect, timeliness, payment, (laughs) initiative, and discipline, but the relationship is different, right? But I'm not bothered because I know where my clients are positioned. They are important to me. Serving them matters to me, but the value that I expect for them to deposit is vastly different than what I expect from a partner or a friend. These are important distinctions because my expectations are the boundaries, I'm sorry, my expectations are the foundation of the boundaries that I set. And the same is true for you. We cannot establish boundaries where expectations have not been explored and expressed. Let me repeat that again. We cannot establish boundaries where expectations have not been explored and expressed. We are not responsible for other people's toxic or dysfunctional behavior, right? And this is important when it comes to setting boundaries. I see this a lot with coaching clients who face a lot of guilt and shame because there's a certain behavior that has gone on for a while in a relationship and they feel like they're responsible because they quote unquote allowed it. But we are not responsible for other people's toxic, harmful, or dysfunctional behavior, behavior, regardless of whether we have expressed a boundary or not. Setting boundaries is a beneficial tool, but a lack of boundaries is not an excuse for unacceptable behavior, period. What another person chooses to do is the result of their own moral compass or lack thereof. It's a reflection of their character, core values, and standards or lack thereof. Now, are there things we can do to ensure that we as individuals operate and exist in relationships that are healthy? Yes. But if you've not gotten there, if you are still figuring this thing called life out as we are all on a progressive journey, just hear me on this. Whatever poor treatment you may have been on the receiving end of in a relationship, you did not deserve that and you are not the reason why it happened. You did not deserve that and you are not the reason why it happened. It happened because there was a choice that someone made And it's a reflection of who they are, not a reflection of who you are or what you're worth. You got it? Okay. (laughs) Just want to make sure. Now, if there's a behavior that you see that you do not like and one that you do not want to continue, understand that you have choices. You can choose to engage in and operate differently in your relationships. And two of the tools that we can employ are going to be expectation, exploration, and expression. That's a lot of ease, but we're going to talk about it and establishing boundaries. So when it comes to expectation, exploration, and expression, what that means is that like everything else, right? When it comes to exploring and expressing expectations, like everything else, it begins with you. What is it that you want from yourself, from life, from relationships? This is going to help shape what kind of boundaries you set and with whom. What do you like? Do you know? What do you want to change? What is currently working and should stay the same and what isn't and why? 
Because many offenses and conflict are the result of you not expressing to other people what it is that you expect. And yet you find yourself upset and building bitterness and resentment towards someone that doesn't even know that they're getting on your nerves. (laughs) For example, I'm going to use a silly illustration here, but I think that it makes a point. Let's say that you are easily irritated by people who eat loudly, right? I mean, they smack, okay? Why is it so moist? I don't know. But you never told them that you don't like that. So every time you guys sit down to a meal together, they think you guys are just having wonderful fellowship, that you're just enjoying good food together. They don't know that your last nerve is getting tap danced on. They don't know. You never said anything. So one of you is completely at peace, right? Enjoying their food. And the other one is plotting an escape, either from the dinner or the relationship altogether. We cannot hold people to an expectation that we have not expressed. Now, we're not talking about excusing harmful, toxic, or dysfunctional behaviors. I'm talking about things that objectively people could go either way on, to smack or not to smack. (laughs) And you've not said what your preference is. And so the other person is just naturally defaulting to theirs. They have no idea that they are offending you, irritating you, or hurting you. So we have to take some personal accountability there and give some grace where behaviors are not offensive on their face, but yet they bother us on a deep level all the same. On the other hand, if you have expressed that something is offensive and that person has acknowledged that, yeah, I can see how that would be bothersome or irritating or disrespectful, and yet they continue to do it, knowing that you've both already agreed that it's not working for the relationship, you now have to decide, one, is this a relationship that should continue? And or two, is this a relationship that should continue in the same capacity? An important question you have to ask is, is this behavior something that I am willing to and want to tolerate? Because those are two totally different things. Is this something that I am willing to and want to tolerate because many of us have been in situations where obviously we were willing to tolerate it because we were still there. But if given a choice where we really felt empowered to make one, is it something we would want to tolerate? Is this a non-negotiable for me? And sometimes you may find that this is a relationship that you want to continue, but you also recognize that it needs to be realigned. Is this person who I once considered a friend beginning to operate more like an assignment? Remember, this is not a judgment on that person's value. It is an acknowledgement that that value that they hold for you has changed. Some relationships must be realigned. Emotionally and relationally intelligent people understand this fact, both when we must assign and realign others, but also when we are realigned. Now, this is not an invitation to divorce yourself of any relationship that is difficult. This is an invitation to become self-aware. What role are you playing in this relationship continuing on as it has been? What expectations have been explored and expressed? And when you recognize that something isn't working, what are you willing to do to bring that issue to the forefront in a pursuit of some kind of resolution? We are not powerless in our relationships. We do not have to bend to the will and the whim of the other person. We have choices and we have the freedom to make them. So the key is to make sure that we make 
good ones. Asking ourselves, is this a pattern? Is this an isolated incident? Am I feeding myself a narrative that removes all blame from myself and places it solely on the other person? Because that allows me the chance to avoid personal accountability and responsibility. It allows me to continue to justify my actions that are contributing to the conflict. These are things that we have to consider. Because sadly, once that offense happens, that one that's been building up over time, just waiting for an opportunity to occur, sometimes when those offenses happen, there's no going back. Sometimes you can't take those bars down. Sometimes there can't be a reconciliation. There can be forgiveness. There can be resolution. But that relationship may never be the same. And in some cases, that could be a good thing. But trust me when I tell you that we can get to the same result, the right result, without having to wait for that bad thing to happen first, without the offense having to be the catalyst that leads us there. We can get on the front end of it. We can avoid a lot of wasted time, hurt feelings, regret, shame, guilt by beginning with expressing expectations and setting enforceable boundaries from the onset. Relationships where you have an expectation of any kind, and you should because if you don't have any expectations in your relationships, what are we doing? Because what is the reason, right? You ought to have some expectation. Now, you get to choose what that expectation is, but you should not be engaged in relationships where you don't have any expectation, right? So we have to begin with assessing what it is that we want, what it is that we expect, what are we going to contribute, what is it that we're looking for in return, and how are we going to address meeting one another's needs in this relationship? And I know, look, these are big boy and big girl conversations, but they are critical. And we can miss out on amazing opportunities to enjoy other people when we refuse to have these clarifying conversations. Because maybe it's not that this relationship doesn't work. Maybe it just doesn't work in the capacity that you've been trying to push it. We can be so afraid of missing out on something or, or, or pushing someone away that we can instead bring the wrong people close. Think about that. We can be so afraid of rejection or abandonment or missing out on what could end up being this great love, even though there's no indication that it's it's there. And we think that we're going to lose something when, in fact, we could be gaining the wrong people, not bad people, not people that don't have value, not worthless people but the wrong people, the wrong people for us. And in that same token, we can find ourselves playing large and impactful uh, roles in the lives of people that we are not called to. So we're doing both of us a disservice. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that these kind of conversations and the processes that you go through leading up to setting boundaries is not easy. It takes a lot of work. But the benefit of doing the work on this back end saves you so much time, energy, and emotion later on. As you begin having these conversations, both in your existing and your new relationships, I want you to remember that you are not responsible for the responses or the reactions of others. Now, we're going to talk about that in a future episode about the typical reactions that people have when you try to set boundaries. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'll probably just adjust some things and make that our next episode. 
because the fear of someone's reaction can often be enough to make us avoid the conversations that we really need to be having. It doesn't mean that as we have these conversations that we are cold or dismissive. It doesn't mean that uh, we don't have compassion or empathy, but it does mean that once we've resolved and set on a boundary that we don't budge on it. And I know that that sounds harsh, but you know what's worse? You know what's worse than being harsh? Being miserable in a situation that you don't have to be in, but feel powerless to change. That, that friend is far worse. So in quick quick review, we talked about three questions that we can ask ourselves to handle offense before it leads to outright conflict. One, is this thought, statement, accusation true? Or is there a reasonable alternative thought? The second question we ask ourselves is, is this an isolated incident or is this indicative of a pattern of behavior? And then tonight, we talked about the third question, have I expressed boundaries and set I apologize. Have I expressed my expectations and set clear and enforceable boundaries? We're going to continue on in this Fight Club series next week about what clear and enforceable boundaries look like and the common responses that we can encounter when we attempt to set them. Whoo, child. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, that's going to be next. I'm going to talk to you soon. I hope that you have found this beneficial. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Shania underscore Rooted. I am Shania, and this is Rooted. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.